What a rush. From the creators of Independence Day comes a special edition Letterbox version of Stargate. Containing never-before-seen footage and approved by the director, Roland Emmerich. Now, this special edition and the original Stargate are priced at only $14.98. What the hell is going on? Or get the limited edition containing the new version of the film and a Secrets of Stargate CD-ROM. You got seven minutes. Don't miss out on your chance to own the new director-approved version of this spectacular science fiction epic. Kurt Russell, James Spader, Jay Davidson. Stargate, the special edition, a Roland Emmerich film. Oh my goodness, that was amazing. I am so happy you guys are back listening to the show, Old Millennials Remember Movies. We're so happy to have you here. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my co-host, Tyler Wilson. Hi. You know, we were, but uh, before, about five minutes ago, we were trying to be like, what are we going to do about this episode? Because we were like, okay, spoilers for this episode. Not like real excited about talking about Stargate. I mean, <laughs> that would be an accurate depiction of how I'm feeling. But Not then... real excited. But then we found... We find it was it was a struggle because there's a, a show that got spun off from this that was more popular than the movie. So there's a lot of YouTube things of the show, but not a lot of like the clips and the TV spots of the movie. Mm-hmm. And you found that gem, which is great. Talking mm-hmm. about the price of that uh, special edition, I'm a big fan of that. Fourteen ninety nine, baby. But then it also gave us an idea for rather than playing a TV spot for these movies. We would listen to a TV spot and then, like, listen to it a couple of times and then, like, you and I just try to recreate it just using our voices for yeah. the intro of this. It's going to be amazing. And it would just be like, you, so you, you start it. Go ahead. Be like, in a world where there's a star and a gate. Boop, boop, boop. And then, like, we're initiating Stargate. Boop, 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 boop. They had no idea that this was going to happen. Why does that ship look like a pyramid? I'm Kurt Russell. Look at my hot hair. My kid's dead. <laughs> oh, awkward. <laughs> see? Boom, 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 beep, boop. Stargate. Yeah, see? Oh, man. Yeah. Get have fun I with it. I feel like it's going to be more fun for uh, us than it is for listeners. Yeah. No. But, you know. Just playing that out right now made it seem that way. But, yeah. Well, I feel like it's, just, it's only it. going to get better and better, though. Well, you got to practice it, right? Yeah. It'll get good eventually. Eventually, we'll add like sound effects and whatnot. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> our t- our uh, podcast trailers are going to be better than the real things. Just give us time. Well, you know, it's like a lot of most podcasts they have their own like intro music or they've got a theme song. And because that one Russian kid uh, ignored us when we tried to give him five dollars to create a song yeah, for us on Fiverr dot com. This episode is brought to you, not brought to you by Fiverr dot com. So ever since we got burned by that guy, we're like, we don't need a song for this podcast. Real talk, I have not logged into that account in a while. <laughs> you think maybe he delivered a oh song? Oh my god, what if he did? <laughs> okay, you fill the air. I gotta go look real quick. What? <laughs> we don't need to find out right now. Oh, oh, I'll look while you're talking about what you've been watching recently. But before that. Okay. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. Mm-hmm. We are two old millennials because we're not young millennials. We're old millennials because I grew up with Yahoo email. Oh, wait. So our grandparents still use Yahoo email. Just kidding. All our Do grandparents they? are dead because we're old millennials. Oh. oh this is sad. Um, anyway, so we're old millennials versus young millennials. So we are going back and watching movies from our childhood and young adulthood. The 80s, the 90s. In the aughts. Early really, aughts. Sure. In the early aughts. Some movies that we watched as kids and some movies we don't care about, like Stargate. <laughs> so raise your hand if you've watched several episodes of the Stargate TV show. Oh, you're raising your hand. Yes, I am. Oh, good. Not, I've not that I could actually one. like talk about them, but I, I do remember painfully watching them being irritated. Anyway, so we're old millennials. Oh, I think people actually like that show. Be careful. Okay, that's fine. People well, can have their different Well, there's there's various shows. I was look I was trying to think like I thought it was like one long running like syndicated show. No, there's no. like well there was, but then there's like another one okay. and another one. There's a lot of Stargate. So we will talk about a featured film, which is why you clicked on this uh, podcast episode, because you love Stargate, so Mate, welcome. Sorry for not liking it as much Before as you. we talk about that, though, we like to share what we've been watching recently, because that's what the people love. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's where we uh, insult each other, you talk, I ignore you, I talk, you make fun of me because I watch terrible TV, and then eventually we get to the good movie or bad movie that we're talking about. Okay. So let's jump in with Tyler. 
What have you been watching recently? And you're hoping that I talk long enough for you to look up your Fiverr account. I'm already to the website clicking sign in. Okay, good for you. Well, uh, listen, I want you to at least partly pay attention Oh, to I am listening. Fascinating. I think you know that I love and have always loved for a long time Nicolas Cage. Who hasn't? Well, a lot of people. It's weird. There's a bit. There's a. There's some Nicolas Cage hate out there. There's some ironic Nicolas Cage love. There's that Community episode where Abed is trying to figure out if Nicolas Cage is good, uh, a good actor or whatever. Which I mean, it's obvious. But anyway, uh, thanks to another uh, podcast that I listen to, uh, I'll I'll cite him because I I wouldn't have gone down this rabbit hole without him. The F this movie podcast, which podcast which I really like. Uh, they were watching a lot of uh, Nicolas Cage straight-to-video movies. And so, listen, I assumed, like most people, that like these Nicolas Cage straight-to-video or uh, these small-budget things are not worth your time. These are just movies he's doing for a uh, cash grab. He needs to pay his bills, his taxes, whatever. And so, you know, I don't, I don't tune into very many of them unless they're very easy to watch. But they were making the point was, like, even though maybe the movies are not themselves very good, uh, he's always trying his best mm-hmm. and i was encouraging that because i love nicholas cage and i don't like it when people uh dog on him for not either just going full cage insane when he's doing a performance because I, I do like uh, all shades of my nicholas cage so inspired by that i watched uh several uh straight to video nicholas cage movies but the problem is is that <laughs> while he is good in most, if not all of them, yeah, they're not easy to remember the titles because they're all very, like, uh, generic stuff. There was one with Elijah Wood that they were, like, robbing a, a vault. It was not bad. There was one with Lawrence Fishburne. I, I mean, you know, there's uh, there's several. But anyway, it did lead me to a movie that is more, uh, like, a more not just straight-to-video movie. It's called Color Out of Space that came out this year. And this is more in the vein of what Nicolas Cage is doing in, like, Mandy. I don't know if you remember me talking about the movie Mandy from a year or two back where he's very good in that. And it's just this insane psychedelic kind of horror movie. Mm-hmm. Color Out of Space is – in that same vein, it's, uh, like, an H.P. Lovecraft story. And it's about, like, a meteor that falls on a fa- on remote family's uh, farm house area. It turns all the plants all purple. And, you know, the family starts uh, going great. Nicholas Cage is the dad. Julie Richardson is the wife. There's kid, teenage kids. Um, and some fucked up crazy shit starts happening, right? Okay. It's, uh, you know, very... Uh, oh, God. who? There's The director is someone notable. Um, did you open that up? I thought I it did. was. Maybe what The Island of Dr. Moreau was the last movie this guy made. It's been a long time. Remember that kind of that disastrous movie? You're looking for the director. Director of Color Out of Space. I thought you opened up this yeah, one. Yeah, it's Richard Stanley. Click on it. I'm pretty sure that's the guy who did The Island of Dr. Moreau. That was like a notorious, like, troubled production. And I don't know if he's made a movie since then. Just wait. Oh, I thought you said you were going to say correct, which would really feel good. Richard Stanley. What am I looking for? Uh, his what color was that? Or what credits? color? Wait, what year was that? like 96. Ooh, 96 was the Island of Dr. Moreau screenplay. Was it 96? Yeah, it was. Nice. That helped me find it. Thank you. So anyway, uh, it's just this very colorful psychedelic horror. There's a lot of body horror going around, some pretty uh, messed up stuff. And Nick Cage is, uh, like everybody else, giving a pretty good performance. It's, it's bleak. It's crazy. Uh, it's not for everybody. There's some, you know pretty messed up stuff nick cage does a weird thing in the movie where some see the i think the only criticism i'll log, lodge at nick cage is that sometimes i feel like he he knows people want him to go off the handle a little bit yeah they want to see it, him and some directors want him to push that way so then there's sometimes in this movie especially where he starts doing this he's supposed to be behaving differently because he's being affected by this meteorite or whatever it steers a little bit into like it because it comes in and out. It's very strange, and I didn't care for that because it just seemed like a little bit of a gimmick. I much preferred his more uh, nuanced work in uh, the role. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's worth watching. It's kind of got some crazy visuals, and it's just uh, memorable. I mean, not not a not a you're not gonna lo- you know you're not gonna feel real happy after you're done watching it. But uh, fun fact: Nicolas Cage was Richard Stanley's first choice to play. Yeah that character it was terrific yeah he's good so that's good that's a good movie i think that's out i think it was in a few theaters early this year and is now already on video so you can i think rent it or do whatever you need to do super cool 
So I watched that, watched Nicolas Cage. That was fun. I did see the new Invisible Man movie mm-hmm. with Elizabeth Moss. God, uh, she's just been busy. She's busy. She well, you yeah. I kind of was. You never. You didn't actually watch her smell, but I showed you her like musical performance. A couple of her musical performances in the movie, and then now our kids really like her version of uh, that Brian Adams song or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so she's you know a, a great actress. This is a pretty. So remember the the dark universe when they were going to try to like reboot the Mummy and reboot uh, Van Helsing and all this other. Horrible shit because it's a universal monster. Mm-hmm. Well, the Invisible Man is like part of that, right? And they were initially going to do something else. Well, that all fell apart because that one Mummy Tom Cruise movie was terrible. Yeah. And so this is like a Bloom House, like low budget version. Elizabeth Moss is getting terrorized by an ex boyfriend who has somehow figured out how to be invisible. He fakes his own death, but it's what it's what's really cool about the movie. First, like the first ten minutes are. Without context, it's a, an escape sequence where she's trying to escape this guy's rich guy's compound. He's abusive. You don't you don't see her him being abusive to her, but mm-hmm. you know that her fear and her the steps that she's taken to get out of this compound is enough to realize that this guy's terrible and okay. scary, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty taut experience, exciting little sequence. So she gets out, she escapes, she's shell shocked. He apparently has died or committed suicide. When I, another reason I like the movie a lot is that it. After about five minutes of that, it makes no – it's not goofing around. Mm-hmm. It's letting you know that she's not imagining anything, that there's, like, an invisible being terrorizing her in her house. Like, it is established right away. There's no – there's other characters that don't believe her for a little while, but even that gets dropped at a certain point. I think as at an appropriate point in the movie where mm-hmm. it, it would be annoying if everybody just kept thinking, like, no, you're making this up. You know what I mean? It would just – it would be, be annoying. Totally. So it, it it's a smart movie that it always knows how to kind of change it the like direction. A movie I would have liked watching Tyler. You would. I think you should watch it when it comes. Yeah, whenever we have a chance to see it together, you would really like it. She's great in it. It's the director of. I think this guy made Upgrade. Remember when we watched Upgrade? Lee Remember that movie where that guy had like the bionic uh, Upgrade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With what's his name? Yeah. And there's a whole thing. That's a, that was another low budget movie that they managed to like make look real expensive and He's exciting. He's Australian. He grew up in Melbourne, Australia. This is the same deal. It's got, you know, tiny budget, but it gets a lot of tension and thrills yeah, out of very little. And it just, I, I like how it progressed. It's a very good version of The Invisible Man. And it also. Is a it's it's definitely like playing that whole Me Too counterculture. That's that's part of this movie, but it's not done in an obvious way, which I really liked. I thought it was uh, just a really smart version of the Invisible Man and and exciting and scary. So I had that's a good movie. Cool, Elizabeth Moss. She's great. She's great in everything. I yeah can't disagree. With so that. any update on Fiverr? Um, definitely. Di- nope, but. I see some opportunities here where we could maybe, uh... So 70 episodes in, we're gonna... Just garbage. Just straight garbage. Ooh, I want to hear about it. Not really. I, uh, finished season two of You, which Netflix was highly promoting. Is that done, or are they gonna do another season? They are slated to do another season, which, uh, Mm. I don't know. Seems fine. Seems fine. Like it's finished, um, but then um, a couple people at work were talking about Lock and Key, which is a show that has people in it. I know about Lock and Key because it is a graphic novel that is uh, advertised often on the back of my Ninja Turtle comics. I get. So <laughs> yeah, I watched all ten episodes of that, and it was um, right in my alley of uh, supernaturally weird stuff f- featuring kids. Let me ask you a serious question, though. You gotta be a, just straight up honest right now. Okay. Are you a lock or are you a key? Well, it's weird because um, the characters last right. lock and key. It's they live or they go back to live in this old key house where they shit. Kind of, kind of Twilight Zoney, which is kind of cool. Like there's one key that you can put into the back of your neck, and it lets you into your own head, and you can take people Anybody's with you. Anybody's neck? It'll like mm-hmm. open up a hole. It opens up keyholes. 
In your head? In the back of your neck, yeah. And so you open it, and then you can go and see your own memories or your own thoughts. Do you have to, like, look in a mirror to get that in your head? Or no, they mostly just, just pull it back, and then it kind of went... How do you even know to in. try that? Well, in the show, the kid has the key, and then some guy's turned around kind of looking for something else, and he sees the keyhole, like, uh, open up in this stranger's neck. Mm. So the keyhole... Yeah, so... Does John Locke, either the philosopher or the character in Lost, show up in this movie? Because that's spelled with an E at He the does end. not, but the kid's father is murdered in the beginning because that's how all good graphic novels start or superhero things start. We want orphans. We want murdered parents. That's I how guess. you know it's gonna be good. Oh, okay. Dead parents are always the answer. Got it. Their mom's around, though, so... Okay. Anyway, it was it was good. I would recommend it. I was wondering if it was going to be like a show that was like okay for our older kid to watch. No, no, it's like no, it's not PG. Whatever. 14, so not like not like hardcore, 14, but it's but it's it's got some stuff that would probably freak him out a little bit. Like a hole in the back of your neck. Oh, like a kid breaking into their house and shooting their father and killing him. Yikes! So that's kind of dark. Are like, you spoiling it, or is that the beginning? No, it's that's like right in the first five minutes. He's oh, like the school count, high school counselor, oh. and a troubled kid comes in and breaks into their house and kills him. So did he break in the house, people. or did he have a key? I think he just walked in. So you need to lock the door. I don't know. Do they have now? There's a lot of keys for your head and stuff, but are there any keys for the front door? That's one of the topics of the conversation. Is that. While this is all happening, the older brother's trying to get in the house, and he always forgets his keys, so he's standing at the front door, which has a window, watching it all happening, can't get into his own house. I like how you have an answer for every one of my questions without even pause. Now, do, do they walk around with, uh, you know, like those old-timey, like, uh, dungeon keychains, like a big old thing, and they got all, like, jingle-jangle, like in the Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, so the mom <laughs> definitely has a ring of those keys, but she's not in on the key situation, because once you become an adult or a certain level, you forget all the magic stuff is there a wardrobe with a key and is there a lion or yes. a witch inside there is a wardrobe with the key there is no lion witch or wardrobe but when you stick the key in that one it fixes whatever's broken that you put inside of it so you could shatter glass and put it all in there and then when you lock it and then open it up it's all fixed shattered glass was a movie about anakin skywalker lying okay. in a newspaper so if you're into you know you know slightly magical stuff and kids going on adventures then you'd enjoy it Okay. And, and locks and keys. And locks and keys. What if you're a fan of just locks or just keys? Is it enough of each to... I don't think you can be a fan of one or the other, because, like, can one exist without the other? What, they each give each other purpose, so. I can see people that are key collectors, but not necessarily lock collectors. That's also a good point. So you could be a key fan, but nah, don't care so much about locks. That's true. But then you just, like, you want the options of going places, but you don't actually have the... <laughs> hmm. You know, what I was thinking about You're keys. Mm -hmm. How many, how many different combinations? How many different keys can you make? Really, there's just like all these little notches. I don't know. Okay, so <laughs> welcome to the show. That's what we've been watching. To recap, Tyler would recommend. I would recommend uh, Color Out of Space, uh, The Invisible Man, and eh, pretty much anything Nicolas Cage is in. <laughs> yeah, and I would recommend Lock and Key. Cool. But don't watch it with Tyler, because then he's just going to ask you a bunch of questions about locks and keys. No, I won't watch it at all. <laughs> That's the thing. You're I just won't take. watch it. All right, you ready to talk about Stargate? I mean, I guess. <laughs> what do we usually start with when we talk about a movie? What have you been watching? Or no. <laughs> you fucking dummy. We already did that. <laughs> what have you been watching? What do you remember? Or do we do high stats? I don't know. We should do the podcast more often so we would know the we rhythm. Should. Uh, every week. What happened to that? Okay. Um, First, we'll say what we remember, and then we'll talk about high stats. So what do you remember is when we sit down before the movie and we write down what we remember. Do you want me to go first or we you? we watch it. I'll watch it. <clears throat> I'll watch it? I'll read it. Okay. I'll go first. Got it. Words. I'm an American English marker. Ready? Yep. What do you remember? I don't. <laughs> I know there was a TV show, and it involved a portal that was like an archway gate thing you walked through. Okay. That's all I wrote. Got it. Mine's not much different. <laughs> <laughs> Stargate. It's like space portals and shit. Kurt Russell, the spader, Roland Emmerich made this before Independence Day. I'm not even writing sentences here. <laughs> How do you remember all the fucking actors, though? As I remember the actors. Oh, uh, no. Is it because you looked on the DVD cover? No, I've... had this on DVD. No, the... Such a cheater. Such a cheater. Such a cheater. No, the thing is, is that... You're a fucking cheater! No, but listen. Listen to me. 
I let me get through my thing and I can explain this. I've actually seen this movie several times. That's it's not just possible. It no because every time you watch, you're like, "Did I watch this?" Because <laughs> it's just so forgetable. Like I definitely didn't watch this. Right? Watch no, this. but I do remember basic things like that's the movie with James Spader and Kurt Russell, and it's the movie that Roland Emmerich made before he made Independence Day. Uh, let's see. They made Independence Day, and then they made the show, which was on before or after Xena on syndication. See, I don't know, but it's not Sliders. That was another show about wormholes, which, right? What's his name? Jerry O'Connell. That other Portal show or whatever. I've seen this more than once and remember almost nothing. So that's a good sign. That's what I wrote. That is a good sign. Yeah. No. Th- listen, because as a ch- as a teenager, when nineteen ninety six rolls around and you're excited about seeing Independence Day. And you've seen it a couple times because you're like, Will Smith, Alien Invasion, this movie's great. Because we were like, you know, well, how old were we? 12 or 13 when that came out? You're like, this movie's the shit. Independence Day. What did this What did this filmmaker make before that? Oh, he made a space movie called Stargate? I gotta watch that. And then you mm-hmm. watch it and you're like, I don't like this. And you're like, this? <laughs> no. Mm-mm, never mind. I take it back. A lot of people like it. I'm sorry. You can like it. That's cool. I think a lot of people like the show. That's fine. I've never seen it. So there you go. There are some likable things about this movie. Yeah. The yeah. end of the podcast. <laughs> That's the end of the podcast. Okay. High stats. Great. High stats. Stargate came out in 1994, specifically October 28th, 1994. Ooh, almost for Halloween. You can go see this at Halloween. That feels appropriate. There's, like, a lot of costumes. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. Feels like a summer blockbuster, but, yeah. Or, you know, there's, like, costumes. Yeah. It is like almost November, that early November slot. It kind of plays. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, it's rated PG-13. Sure. Whoa, watch out. Hour 56. <sighs> Too long. And we had the director's cut. No, so. we didn't watch the director's okay. cut. I turned. I did not select that. Thank God. So, sorry. So we want to talk about the director's cut. We didn't watch it. VHS edition that was featured in our trailer? Yeah, no, because actually we have the Ultimate Edition DVD. <laughs> Buddy. Which is and then it, the, instead of bonus features on the menu, it says ultimate features. But if you go to setup and you want to turn the subtitles on, you only have the option of Spanish, <laughs> which is unusual. They usually give English for hard of hearing people. They're all, "Hey, you deaf? Fuck you!" Like baseline, you get English, Spanish, French. No, yeah. there's just Spanish. <laughs> They're all, "Oh, you can't hear very well. Fuck you." No. They, uh, you, you can uh, you can read Spanish. Turn up the volume on Stargate and listen. Or learn Spanish. Or learn Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It stars Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. who you've named, James Spader, who plays Dr. Daniel Jackson. Oof, yep. Uh, Jay Davidson, who plays Ra. The villain. The villain. Vivica Linfers. Okay. Who plays the old lady in the beginning. Okay, sure. This must be an order of appearance, because I don't recognize <laughs> any of the other names. French Stewart from Third Rock from the Sun. He is one of the oh, military guys mm-hmm. who's riding around. Yep. So he's in it. Jaiman Hunsu, whose build is just Jaiman mm-hmm. in this movie. He's one of the bad guy's henchmen. He shows up later. He, doesn't, he wears a mask a lot of the time. A cool mask. I'll give this movie credit. It's got some cool masks. Uh, oh, Richard Kind from, like, Spin City and... Uh, Inside Out. Oh, he's he's a scientist at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so there's some there's some there's some heat in this movie. Yeah. You got some Starge. That bald guy who's like the leader of those people, he's familiar. He's an actor. Yeah, he's a guy. I can't think of his name right now, but he's a guy. You'd recognize him. Um Eric Avari. Yeah, that That's sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in lots of stuff. Um, so this movie had a sweet budget of fifty five million dollars. Yeah, I mean that's there's a lot going on in this movie production design wise, I guess. It grossed U.S. wise, seventy-one million, mm-hmm. and worldwide, almost two hundred million. Seems like a hit. What? I know. I don't right. believe those numbers. Seems like a modest hit. I think it rented well. I don't know. I remember my dad like this was like a we'd go down to the local video store, right? And his was when he just got like that laser disc player. Oh, buddy! And this was like the 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 guy at the store was like you gotta watch the Stargate this is a, this is a laser disc movie don't get the VHS get the get the laser disc of Stargate and you watch it and be like, that was another one of the one of the many times that I've seen this movie and I'm just like I don't remember this oh there's more to talk about <laughs> um no I think that's that pretty much gets us there okay so uh, let's talk a little bit about just what's going on here. Oh, the plot. Because the plot's kind of crazy. Can you just, like, in, like... I'm going to try to run it down like as quick as possible. Seven sentences. It Beginning, starts, middle, end. There's a... There's, Bang it out. In Egypt, they find a little... The Stargate. It's a circle thing. Looks alien, right? Oh, I actually took notes on this. Yeah. Oh. There's a Stargate thing they find, right? 
Oh no, let's be. Well, more they specific. they start that before. Then we're gonna be more. Specific. Oh, you wanted me to do it in thirty seconds, and now I you're did, gonna go but through the thing. I only took notes on this part. Okay. Okay. No, there's so, like. It's 8,000 B.C. Okay, yeah. So way early. Way, way long ago. Yeah. North African desert. Lots of white people. Yep. There, I mean, there's just a lot of white people around for Maybe North African was. desert. I don't know if you know. What do you, what do you know about history? Maybe there was a lot of white I people. I don't know then. anything. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what people look like 8,000 years ago. Well, none of us do. But according to this movie, they looked very white. That's an interpretation. There were some crazy lights and a metal ship or something coming down on their tribe. Yeah. That's pretty much all they show for that time period. When they get taken or something. They just show it and then that's it. You get ex- I guess it gets kind of explained later. Okay, yep. And then... 1928. Ahead, to 1928 in Egypt, they're digging around and the pyramids uncover area. the big circle Stargate thing. Right. And then it jumps to present day where there's an old lady. And she's like, "There's a, she was there. She was at the Stargate as a young woman. In 1928. They're looking at it. The military are she's like... She's like, how fucking old? She's I old. Mean, math. She's it's like, uh, she's the Titanic lady, you know? She's like she's telling 86 the story. years old in she's this getting that Titanic movie. vibe. She's telling the story, right? Uh, they bring in James Spader. He's a scientist. He knows hieroglyphics, I guess. They're trying to figure out what this thing can do, if it can open... First, they also introduce Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, he's a military guy who's been like reactivated as the code. We are reactivating him because. <laughs> but he's side a- note: one, maybe two comments, maybe side comments. Ah, uh, he's sad because his kid, his kid died. Yeah, so not just died. He accidentally shot himself with his the with Kurt Russell's like military uh, like his sidearm like he gets a hold of his own his, his sidearm and like kills himself by accident. Or so something. let's take a minute to talk about this because <sighs> gun deaths are not to be taken lightly. No, but this no, it's not. And it's an odd detail to add to a character to which you don't explore at all. Even our previous episode on Phantoms with Ben Affleck doing the same situation. Yes. He accidentally shot a kid in the he he was like there was a situation and he m- made a mistake. But he actually gets like a monologue to like go through his grief a little yep. bit. Uh, not this is not the here. one line and then you never <laughs> come back to it not really all. there's just a, it's just a couple of off no not even it's it's yep. like one line in the beginning maybe half a line in the middle it's and then just never again it's 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 an example of just the shallowest of screenwriting because there's really only two really there's only two characters that have any personality in this movie it's kurt russell who's a hard ass with a sad past mm-hmm. but they don't want to explore it and then you got nerd james spader yeah and that's it everybody else either doesn't talk because they're characters that don't know the language that is the predominant language mm-hmm. or they're just generic people soldiers yeah uh, people they meet later friends. even the woman that james spader falls in love with who's been offered to him that's apparently that's enough for them because he's he, first of all he rejects her like oh no don't offer me a woman but he's just like oh well if you're gonna throw yourself at me i guess i'm gonna fall in love with you Hey, but no, everybody, they, nobody has a personality. No one has a character. Those are the only two, and they're very like the. It's cardboard to say the least. Oh, it's it's weak. I'll tell you what else is cardboard. Kurt Russell's hair. Oh, it's amazing though. Is it that is what you're that, gonna say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that military crop top. Oh, it's three inches high. It's Colonel Guile Street Fighter. Like it's way better than Jean Claude Van Damme's version in another previous episode of Street Fighter. Uh, it's just a spectacular crop top, and I am excited about it every time it's on yes. screen. Fun fact: Yeah, um, his hair actually does get a credit at the end. I don't think that's right. <laughs> he is a stunt double. <laughs> I'm pretty certain it said Kurt Russell's hair, played by. Kurt well, I'm pretty hair. sure that you fell on, you fell asleep twice in the attempt to watch this movie, so we had to like restart it. And then there's still about 20 minutes. Okay. I think we're not. Fun fact number two: <laughs> okay. Stargate is a sleepy motherfucking movie. It is. Um, For a movie that could be really awesome, they decide. Yeah. Okay, so we have this setup. We discover this cool portal where we can and travel. This setup's anywhere. fine. It, we're getting it's moving enough. Fast yeah, that, enough. that part's fine. We're gonna and get. Then, we turn it on, you and know? then you can it, you can travel to any world. It, so the that's first, the potential. I mean, yeah, but the first world that the movie decides is going to be the whole movie is fucking a place that looks like Egypt. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> I'm feeling really like this is a really new experience for me. I'm glad we went through space travel to go to Egypt. <laughs> that's not Egypt where no one speaks English. So now this movie's really fucking slow and boring. Thank you. That's exactly right. <laughs> they go across the universe to Egypt in a pyramid. But and it's that's not fine. Egypt. It's another world. I mean, okay. I, are we being mean to it by just, like, bl- blasting on the premise, which is, like, going to this 
because the whole villain is set up to have been establishing the Egyptian culture, blah, blah, blah. It's so boring. <laughs> well, I would say the idea is not boring. The execution is very boring. I mean, if I were reading this in a book, I'd stop reading. Okay, well, so this is the part I'm just going to blast over. Okay. Because the explanation is convoluted. And to the point where we don't really know what's happening I'm until confused. the villain shows up to kind of explain it. I'm still confused. How can I be confused about something so boring? I, That's the question. And listen, I'm going to explain this to you. Only 65% certain that this okay. is actually the way that it is. I will try not to correct because, you. Because, fun fact, this part of the movie we watched over a week ago. <laughs> Maybe two weeks ago. And I always forget this movie because I find it boring. So anyway... Ra is our villain. Mm -hmm. He's an alien. He shows up to Earth and snatches some people. I think that's what happens in the BC. Takes the people. Or takes some people at that point. Okay? Takes them. Takes them to this other world that looks like we'll call Sandy. It New Egypt. New Egypt. It's got a name. It's New Egypt. And he gets plunks those people down and he establishes a stargate between Egypt and the new planet. And he's building shit. And I think he uses human bodies to, like, regenerate himself or build himself up. And he makes that little regeneration machine, I guess. I mean, I did fall asleep. Did they actually show how that thing works? Well, yeah. The people get, no, I mean, the people go in it and they close it and they come out and they're alive again. Because it happens but a couple times. What's he using the bodies for? For, like, labor or for, like, juicing them to stay alive? Both? I bet I could Wikipedia this. So, okay, yeah. This is, should be an Angela Explains It All. I should have had you ask this, uh, this, uh, go through this process. At some point, the people on Earth are like, fuck you, alien, we're not gonna do what you say. So they, like, bury their Stargate. He's pissed off, so he, like, has his other people that he's grown in his own planet, and they're still doing shit. So he's, like, taking away language and shit, so they, and, and writing or whatever, so they have to just be, like, his servants or whatever. But he still comes and goes. He's an alien on a spaceship. His spaceship looks like a, a, a pyramid. He comes back. Uh, Kurt Russell. Oh, you're raising your hand. But hold on. I'm going to try okay. to get through this. Okay, Kurt Russell, when he came, he's a military guy. He decided to bring a nuke with him. So then the bad guy gets a hold of the nuke and he's just like, I'm going to use this nuke to create an, a bigger, use my alien powers to make a giant explosion. Mm -hmm, I'm mm -hmm. sorry. I'm like choking over my own boredom. Yeah, you are. Um, and he's going to make a bigger explosion and kill everybody or send it through the Stargate and kill the Earth because he's mad at them. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. And he's, but he's an alien, but he, he, he's got all of his servants looking like, uh, Egyptian. Yeah. Okay. You pretty much crushed it. Right. So was he just sucking the bodies? Is that I'm right? I'm trying to sort of figure that out okay. here. It's okay. It's not real clear. I thought I saw an explanation here. The problem is, is that you got about a 30 minute stretch where they get to the plant, they get to the planet. Spader can't figure out how to, they, they know how to get there, but they doesn't. Like one of the hieroglyphics missing, you can't turn it on. Okay. They wander around and they t they find all these people, and we have to go through this whole process of meeting these boring people that don't speak the language, and we have to go through a lot before it. The villain even shows up, so there's we don't even know where we are until the villain starts to explain this this hogwash. So you're pretty much correct. Um, he is not sucking the juice from the bodies, okay. as I was kind of assuming, because that always that sounds more fun. But he's an alien being who had come to Earth during the ancient Egyptian period, got that, looking to possess human bodies to extend his own life. So okay. he possesses them. But he's got a machine now that he can uh, use to... So he brought some of those people to this planet through the Stargate to mine the mineral that's used oh, that's in the right. alien technology. There's minerals, that's right. They need the minerals, that's right. Okay, I forgot about that already, see? <laughs> they have to build the minerals out, that's how it works. I totally forgot about that part. Oh, man, this movie. <laughs> so it's all about uh, he does have to possess them. Okay. As a host. Sure. I so still don't the guy really understand he is that. Oh, yeah, see. His body he If I had just looked at my notes, it's like raw alien. This is, I'm going to just read this. Okay, this this is it. fun. You do it, Tyler. Because these are the notes that I wrote on my phone while watching this movie. Raw alien possessed a kid, became ruler, ordered people on Earth and Sand Planet X to mine shit. Earth rebelled, so Ra banned reading and writing on Planet X. Uses Stargate to transport people to these valuable mining planets. Whew. You pretty much I did wrote it. the notes. But Bam. I recalled it. But Squish. except for the mining shit. That's the what mining. I forgot. Anyway. This plot is stupid. <laughs> it just takes a long time to get there. It's told in a stupid way. So it takes forever for Ra to show up. It's Jay Davidson. Now this guy's an interesting cat because he um uh, played he was in the crying game and he played the transgender woman and he got like an Oscar nomination in that movie, right? 
So then he made that movie, mm-hmm. and then he made this, and he got like a good like a million bucks to play this part. And he's not he's not even in it for the first hour because he was hot off that. But he was worried about I think doing being typecast or something like that. But then he made this movie and then basically quit acting because <laughs> he's just like I don't like acting. Right? He didn't. I mean, whatever. He got he was a model and did some other stuff, but like he's a very beautiful man. And he's not bad in the movie, even. It's just that... Um, no, he is bad in the movie. Well, he's got nothing to do. He can't speak English or whatever, and he's just, like, looking around. He kind of reminds me of... Uh, you know what he looks like to me? It always reminds he's beautiful. me. beautiful. I swear it's, like, the same guy who played Rufio in Hook. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he would have been older, because it seems like he would age up to that age, but no. But, no. But, I yeah, no, he's a guy who, like, got an Oscar nomination and then uh, basically didn't act much after Stargate. So, there you go for that. But he is beautiful. Oh, yeah, you keep saying that. Um, he just seems very androgynous. Like, I could see how well, he, he could play. in the play. I could see why he was cast Which for is that. a movie I don't remember very well. I mean, I know the, what it's about and what it is, but I don't... It's been a long time oh, since Oh, yeah, look at this. He only has four credits of acting. Isn't that crazy? That's unusual. Like, I feel like our friend Jonah has more credits than that. <laughs> he does. <laughs> so he was in The Crying Game, Stargate, a TV movie, and a short. And yeah, I, I think he just got... He, he just did something else completely. Moved on. From the from the acting world, well, that's a choice people make. But like, so you know James Spader. I think a lot of people of our age and like, he, you know, they know him now for the Blacklist show when he showed up on The Office to awkwardly be that character after Boston Michael Scott Legal. left. Boston Legal's a fun show, right? But like, he's known for being eccentric and big. He played the Ultron voice in the Avengers that Avengers movie. But man, this is just like sleepy James Spader. Mm-hmm. It is uh, not a role that suits his personality in any way. It just is a nothing. He's he's just like this this scientist who's just like a scientist, and he's like, well, I'm a scientist, and that's it. <laughs> his haircut is boring. It's like a, he looks like uh, mid. Uh, mid seasons of Home Improvement, the Taylor Boys, like he's got a JTT haircut, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, just not. It's boring. He's a, he's dull in the movie. And that's a problem. And then Kurt Russell, a national treasure in my opinion. Yes. Great in everything. Yes. Gets nothing to do. He literally has one great line of dialogue at the end of this movie. Uh, and then that's it. Like that's the only real advantage of using Kurt Russell in this. It's just so because he's so blah. Cool. It's it, disappointing. It is. It's like a waste of having just a really good, uh, a really good actor in your um, in your in your shit. Oh yeah, he says uh, he's fighting a guy, mm-hmm. not Jaima Hensu, but the other major henchman who, again, admittedly, have cool helmets. That's cool. We got nice helmets in this movie. All right, I'll give you credit. But he's like he, he put. There's a transporter between the spaceship and the temple on the ground, and it's like a circle thing that comes up and it like teleports it up. Well, he throws the guy in, and uh, he teleports his head up, but not his body, so he decapitates him essentially. And he says, "Give my regards to King Tut, asshole." That's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty good. I wish there was more lines of dialogue in the movie like that. It's a totally. solid burn. That's a solid burn. I mean, you burnt. Um, yeah. I mean, there's. I mean, there's a lot of action too because there's a whole. Invade like there's they, they like the end is like a whole battle sequence between basically two henchmen. They get in a spaceship and like the remaining soldiers and like they've recruited some of the people that they befriend in the tribe. Mm-hmm. And there's a big old fight where they're in their spaceships shooting them, blasting the fuck out. They're getting of them. killed. They've cornered them. They basically like wait well, surrender. And so the two alien guys decide to get out of the spaceship and like, like walk oh, over. You surrender, okay? We'll park and get you. And then the whole fucking crew of other people show up, and it's just like, well, if you had stayed in your spaceship, you would have been fine. Always stay in your spaceship. That's the lesson learned, henchmen. Dumb. But even before then, there's a fight or whatever, and James Spander gets like that's how we learn about this rejuvenation machine. He gets rejuvenated. I think this is the part I was confused. He gets rejuvenated. I don't remember. See, this is this is the middle part of the movie. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. It's clearly when they were talking about the mining or whatever. He gets like killed, but then like they bring him up to get rejuvenated. I think just so the villain could explain to him what's going on. He's like, oh, I want. Hey, hey. Excuse me. I wanted to get you alive again so I could tell you what I'm doing. Because you got that necklace. And that's my necklace. Oh, maybe that's why. Oh, there's a necklace. I forgot. The lady gave him the necklace. The old See? lady picked up a necklace. I forget everything about dropped. this movie. 
And he's wearing it, and that gets him. I mean, that's what's weird. There are movies that I've seen one time, and I know them very well, and I can pretty much tell you what they're about. I have seen Stargate probably five times now, and I still can't get it straight. I'll tell you why. A good story will get you emotionally hooked. Yeah. This movie has zero emotion. Zero. Neither funny, interesting, sad, nothing. There's no fucking emotion in any direction. It's got some cool helmets, though. I mean, his. Kurt Russell's hair has a little bit of emotion, like, like that badassery, hair. but... These villains got big staffs that are cool. They can shoot lasers out of them, which is cool. But when mm-hmm. you have a big staff, I feel like, in addition to shooting, it should have... That's, that's, a, that's a combat weapon. I no, want to see some fighting. A little bit, but yeah, I, it just seemed perfunctory. But it, you don't remember it because, again, you didn't give a fuck if whoever they were fighting was killed or And not. that's the problem with Roland Emmer. I mean, listen, I think he... For whatever reason, they managed... We haven't done an episode on it yet. We might eventually. On Independence Day. There was something that they managed to do on Independence Day, Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich, where it was the right combination of the actors and the premise and the the overall just spectacular nature of the effects, that that worked. Um, I don't think... Listen, I mean, it's been a while. I don't watch it all the time. I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I think for whatever reason, they managed to kind of figure it out. But almost all the rest of their input... We've done an episode on Godzilla, which was the movie they made right after Independence Day, which is, I mean, I find it to be very funny, uh, but you and most of the world thinks it's horrible, <laughs> and it is, uh, but they don't know what they're doing in that. They don't They don't seem to have much competence in this movie. I mean, I don't like 2012 or The Day After Tomorrow. These are movies that I don't think, they never, they, oh, they routinely fail on being, having interesting characters, doing interesting things that you can pursue, follow them through this carnage and all this other stuff, right? So, you know, I don't know. I just, uh, it's it's weird to see these guys, uh, Roland Emmerich, he, I mean, he's made, I think he just made a movie recently. He gets these, he gets movies. Still getting movies. All right, so here's our segment. What would Roger say? Because we're filling time because we're done talking about Oh, we're done, okay. Well, we'll be done, that's fine. (laughs) Um, So, Tyler... How many stars did Roger Ebert give Stargate from 1994? One and a half. No. Okay. You're wrong. Try again. Two. You're way getting colder. One? (laughs) There's only so many options. He gave it one star. Okay. Appropriately. And I'll just read his final sentence. Okay, good. That's okay. Yeah. Because obviously he didn't like it. (laughs) Clearly. He says, uh... Stargate is like a film school exercise. Ooh, that's a burn right there, right? That's a pretty burn. That's just coming out the gate. Oh, the Stargate with a burn. Assignment. Conceive of the weirdest plot you can think of and reduce it as quickly as possible to action movie cliches. If possible, include Sun God Ra and make sure something gets blowed up real good. Yeah, it's pretty much what happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's because it's... I think you articulated the disappointment in it right away because there's this big sequence where they walk through the Stargate and you're like, okay, well, anything can happen. Here we go. Where are we going to go? And then there's that long sequence of like going through the wormhole and seeing the space fly by Mm -hmm. and you're just like, okay, yeah, this is great. And then they end up where you're like, oh, look, they look like, it looks like exactly like they just left from. Mm -hmm. And that feels disappointing, right? And I don't know where that, that logic comes from. Is it because... I was just thinking about this. There's these yak things that they ride around on, and it's kind of like it makes me think of like the hoth creatures they ride in Empire Strike Backs in the snow world, which yeah. then made me think of like people like Star Wars and they like Tatooine. So let's make a movie on Tatooine, even though I would say that most people, most people's least favorite planet in Star Wars is probably Tatooine. I mean, even Luke Skywalker and nobody's people like it. But for some reason, that still feels like it's a planet, uh, a different planet. Because there's lots going on. Yeah, this has got this... I mean, it. this is kind of a similar thing that I feel about... Uh, I don't remember the book. I remember reading the Time Machine book a lot, like, for school, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember much about that. But I, what I do remember is that 2000-era movie with Guy Pierce, And you're just excited about, like, Time Machine. Okay, right. Yeah. And, it, and it does follow that plot. But, I mean, where they end up going in the movie is kind of like this world where there are people who are like ragged people that don't speak, you know, in language that you understand wearing ragged clothes and it's like this I don't know. To me that always is a kind of a boring place to go where there's not a lot of like creativity other than like here's some people who are poor or slaves and we have to like 
have an uprising, and we have to fight to have an uprising, and there's maybe some creatures, in this case, people with cool helmets, and that's it. It just mm-hmm. feels like the baseline, bare minimum that you can do in terms of creativity. And that's the problem. It just doesn't feel like it... Uh, it's yeah. necessary. Yeah. It just here's, feels perfunctory. Here's, here's another quote from uh, Roger Ebert. <clears throat> um, it's also the kind of movie where the sun god Ra, who has harnessed the ability to, to traverse the universe at the speed of light, still needs slaves to build his pyramids, and where the local equivalent of a Nubian princess is sent into the chamber of the Earth visitors to pleasure them. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't like, know. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? It's pretty bad. It's disappointing. Yep. Because I'm into magic shows, and if you're going to bring magic like a magical Stargate, there better be some awesome magical shit on the other end. Nope. Yeah. So I think I'm being spoiled by some magical TV shows. Now, that being said, it seems like the Stargate show is a show in which they use a Stargate to go to lots of different places? Yes. Okay. So that's something. Using the premise to actually fulfill it. Lock and Key? Okay. Is a similar experience where you can put a lock into something and travel to something unknown way more suspenseful and interesting do you think that if you're a stargate fan you like stars and you like stargates but can you just be a fan of stars or a fan of gates and still like stargate i think you're more of a fan of gates because really it's less about the stars and more about the gates of going into somewhere different and that's the other thing stargate sounds like it's going to be a space movie yeah and that's disappointing it's not a space movie. there are no spaceships there's a people on the internet that really like Stargate, who are very angry with us. Like, those fuckers don't even know it's not even about the space. It's not about space. I mean, uh, true. But fuckers. my experience is my experience. It is my experience, too. And I was bored as fuck. And now we own the DVD. The Ultimate Edition. Why? Why do we own the DVD? Because I got it on eBay for $1.99. We'll put it back on eBay for <laughs> $0.99. Cents. $1.99 free shipping. Probably a situation where it was like, buy two, get one three. Not three. Buy two, get one free, and then uh, see. So just edit that first part out, and then I. So basically, you can just think of it as I got it for free. I don't think that's how that works. I bought two, and I got one for free. <laughs> Stargate was the free one. I don't even have a tea time with Tyler because I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I do. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. I'm gonna just pop it to my head. Cool. Okay. Tea time with Tyler is mm. the time where I fill up my tea. Tyler does something awkward, like drink out of a glass and pour water all over himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right there, buddy? I spilled on myself. Just regular water, not hot water? Just regular water. I can pour hot water on you if that would make you feel better. You'd love that, wouldn't you? You'd love that, wouldn't you? Uh-huh. Hey. Hey. It's our so, kink. Hot time. water sex. <laughs> I don't know what that Yikes. means. Yikes. <laughs> you know, like my mother listens to this, Tyler. Oh, burning water on you. You know, ah! the last episode that somebody <laughs> mentioned that they listened to, you threatened to throw a hot tea in my face. So I'm seeing a pattern ah! here. No, More no, evidence. No, you were saying, I was saying you were going to throw hot water yeah. at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Tyler. In the time it takes me to top off my tea. Tea time with Tyler. Mm-hmm. Name as many time traveling movies. I know it's time travel and this is like world travel. Time or world travel movies as possible. Time or world travel movies as possible? Yeah, that are better than Stargate. Go. Time Cop? <laughs> uh, Hot Tub Time Machine? I'll help you out. Out of Time? Um, back to the Future. Deja Vu, Back to the Future, of course. Back to the Future Part 2. No, you can't just Back to the Future Part 3. Well, they're better than Stargate. All three of them are. Center to the Universe. What's that one? Journey to the Center of the Universe? Journey to the Center of the Earth? Yeah. That's a movie. The Black Hole, which is on Disney Plus. I don't know. The Abyss. Uh, the Abyss is not about transferring to another world, unless you call it the oceans. Uh, uh, I was all I'm thinking about are like the bad ones, like Time. F- What's and that one that Michael up. Crichton one? Is that Time Frame or what was that one that was time Paul Walker? Kill. No, that's not it. The one with uh, Paul Walker. Was that Michael Crichton though? The Time to Kill. That was John Grisham. Oh. Same. I, I see what you're doing. Dad books. Dad books. <laughs> Those are dad books. <laughs> Clive Cussler or whatever. <laughs> oh my God, the dandids we get. John Grisham, Michael Crichton. Time. What was that book? What's the book? The Michael Crichton where they go to the uh, medieval times. It's not actually, it's a pretty good book. I read that book. A Knight's Tale. No, it's the t- <laughs> time. Time crimes? Time frame. Time. Looper? Time cop. Time traveler's wife. Ooh, Looper's a good movie. Ryan time Johnson. Cop. 12 Monkeys. 12 Monkeys is good. 
Um, we should do, these are all movies we should do instead the of this. Butterfly effect? No, I hate Hot that fucking time machine. movie. I already said that one. Star Trek: The Voyage Home. <laughs> What's the one with the Terminator? Ta- that has to do with Michael Crichton. I know there's a thousand. What's the Michael Crichton one? Is it called Time Frame? It's a movie that's so bad. Michael Crichton. Time movie book. Timeline. Yeah, timeline. What a terrible name, first of all, for a book. But it was like about medieval, going back to the medieval times, but the movie was wretched. Sounds wretched. It was pretty but wretched. But it also sounds like it might be That's the problem with those Michael Crichton books, man. Like, for every for every Jurassic Park, there's like nine Congos, <laughs> which I like Congo. Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, whoa. I like that Congo movie, as the previous episode indicates. But, yeah, that's uh, a great movie. But, you know, like, uh, what's... Sphere. Oh yeah. Well, we'll talk about Sphere for another episode. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Are we done talking about Stargate? Yes, we are. Thanks okay. for listening, everybody. That was Stargate. Don't, 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 don't watch it. Just like, Sorry do if it. you like it. If you do like it, are, are you okay? Feel free to send us an email. <laughs> you know, Kurt Russell made oh, a millennials movie. remember movies. Dot com. Oh, oh yeah. millennialsremember.com? I don't know. I don't know. What's our website? Oh, <laughs> Is that the e- snap. Can you email us from there? Oldmillennialsremember at gmail.com. Kurt Russell made a movie in, I think, 1998 called Soldier, where I think he had the same haircut. Also not a very good movie, though. 99? His hair. I will give his hair a 10. 10 stars for the hair. I like the helmets in this movie. Oh, yeah, the, the helmets of the, the Egyptian guys. I love how you just said, oh, yeah, like it's the first time I've mentioned the helmets when I've literally, only thing that I've talked about this whole episode is like, the helmets are cool, but now is like the only time where it's computer where you're like, oh, yeah, I like those helmets. Because like the movie, I was tuning you out. Yeah. No. That's always good to do in a podcast. I've been mentioning the helmets this whole time. The helmets are cool. They are cool. They move a little bit. And also, Kurt Russell's uh, beret does contain his hair. Barely. Barely. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. It's going to pop off at any moment. You're just we like, oh, it's going to come off. you. Oh. A what? <laughs> I was almost done. I did want to say, they, they're going through a Stargate, right? Right at the beginning. And all the soldiers are wearing helmets and a bunch of gear. But the, okay. literally the two most important people are the scientist who has to bring everybody back yep. and the leader of the military guy. Those guys aren't wearing helmets. I think because both actors were like, I'm not putting a helmet on this hair. Look at hair. this work I put on. The hair. The beret, fine. I can no, snuggle no, 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 that no, right Tyler, on. You got this wrong. The characters were fine. With, the actors were fine with it. But remember, their hair has their own credit. They are characters themselves. So it was the like a union credit, thing. The hair characters were like, nope, nope, nope. Can't cover us up. It's in our contract. You have to, we have to, we have to be seen at all times. The yes. beret is fine because we you can kind of see the shape of my hair yes. as it goes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will talk at you another movie. Bye. Those helmets were cool. <laughs> I've been saying it the whole time.